Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. This is Acast Recommends. Every week, we pick one of our favourite shows. And this is one we think you're going to love. Hello, I'm Jeff Lloyd, and I recently had a baby with Ed Miliband. A baby podcast, that is. It's a spin-off of our show, Reasons to be Cheerful. It's called Cheerful Book Club, and it's conversations with some of the best writers working in the world today. You'll really enjoy our chats with people like US broadcasting legend Rachel Maddow, literary giant Ian McEwan, and the big short and moneyball author Michael Lewis. Feed your brain with ideas from the Cheerful Book Club. You'll find us on the excellent Acast app or wherever else you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the biggest podcasts from Ireland and around the world. Subscribe to this show and hundreds more now via Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello there and welcome to the Everything is Black and White podcast. I'm Andrew Musgrove. Today I'm joined with our Chief Sports Writer, Lee Ryder, and Newcastle United Editor, Mark Douglas. And we're just days away from, well, the game that will decide the title, really, the Sunday. Um, Newcastle welcome Barnsley and Brighton go to Aston Villa. Um, it's going to be a very, it's going to be a big weekend, isn't it? A big Sunday. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's a bit of an unexpected prize for Newcastle to be uh, to be to be going for because we didn't think at the point at which uh, after the Ipswich game where Lee was uh, Lee was there and he'll, he'll know more more than uh, more than anyone about about this. But the mood was like just get over the line. Don't you know? Don't don't couldn't talk about the title. Uh, but Brighton's collapse and Newcastle's excellent form means now I would kind of make them even slight favourites going into that game. Do you agree? Is that how you see it? I, I think really for Newcastle now the pressure's off a little bit, and the, the information that I'm getting coming from the Newcastle camp is that they've been told, "Look, let's just win the game against Barnsley. Uh, you know, let's get the job done. Let's give the fans something to cheer about. And if anything else happens at Villa Park to our advantage, then uh, that's great. You know, they end up winning, winning the trophy as well, winning the title." But as you quite rightly say, at Ipswich, I think when Jacob Butterfield yeah. equalised in the last minute, I think everyone was just like relieved that we weren't going to miss out on second place. So this is a real bonus, and I think it would obviously raise the roof if uh, news of Aston Villa beating Brighton came through. I think it would be fantastic, but as we know in the past, you cannot really rely on Aston Villa. <laughs> So they're missing their, their, their top striker as well on Sunday. Do you think that'll have an impact, or is it about Benitez just saying, look, it's, it's, it's what we do, it doesn't matter what Villa do, it's all about Newcastle? Do you think mm. that injury will have an impact at all? I honestly, I look at Aston Villa and I just think that, I mean, they're a bit of a disgrace, really. I think they're, they're a massive club. Uh, I think Steve Bruce has obviously tried to motivate them. I, th- I don't understand the mentality of the fans cheering on opposition teams, wearing op- opposition shirts. I, I, I couldn't see. Newcastle fans going on like that personally nah. uh, as I say you can't rely on other teams anyway Newcastle obviously had the chance to get that signed and sealed a long time ago it'd just be a bonus if they win it and let's, let's hope they do it was amazing wasn't it here I mean I know I know. there's obviously this huge rivalry between Villa and uh, and, 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 and Birmingham it, it, it's obvious that but the way that they were 
the way that they were carrying on on Saturday was just incredible. Like, I mean, I know it's you know it's a strange season, but we've seen it. it it's you know I, I think Villa's a big club and it's a great club with, with fantastic history, but I think the last few years have sort of been incredibly strange there. I mean, we we we, we you know. We, like they've had a really bad season, to be perfectly honest, and I think I think they're, they're better at home, and Bruce will probably try and get them get them all together. But it's turned into a really strange club. That I mean, Tony Tony Gere's Twitter feeds are like a kind of weird stream of consciousness. He's calling journalists jerkinists. Yes, I mean it's like you're looking at it thinking, what's going on with them? You know what has happened to Aston Villa? It's, it's a it's a weird one, and I I think you know you probably won't rely too much on Villa, but I think what's interesting is Brighton obviously haven't played very well in the last two games and we know from Newcastle you can't just turn form on and off it is harder than that you can't just say right well we'll go to Villa and turn in a really good performance because they've been substandard the last two games so I think there's a bit of hope there for Newcastle but you know it's just been a good way to end the season because it looked like they were limping over the line but Friday and Monday last week sort of served to kind of remind us why it's been such a good season So how will Newcastle approach Sunday is it kind of just go out and enjoy it is that how you, how you see it panning out I think yeah. I mean, obviously they've got they're going to have a few injury problems. They're not going to take any risks with with people carrying knocks because obviously next season's in mind now going back to the Premier League. I think really the mentality will be let's just go out get the win. I think the crowd will be up for it. Uh, I think you know another sellout. I know a lot of people have have been eager to get tickets for this game and and they'll be delighted to just to be there. So no matter what happens, Newcastle are going to get it. Something they're going to get a trophy. There's going to be celebration at the end. Lap of honour. They're going back to the Premier League, and uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a great day. I don't think even Aston Villa can upset us on this one. Yeah, I think Newcastle will win the game probably because Barnsley is sort of turning up. The, since the pressure's been off Newcastle, you've started to see them playing a little bit like they did earlier in the season, and I think that's the that's the really positive thing from a Newcastle perspective is you're starting to see the real Newcastle kind of coming through in the last couple of games, and uh, I think they'll win that game. I think they'll win it easily. I think Barnsley. Um, you know, it's obviously a big game for them. They've sold out their allocation of tickets and stuff, but I think Newcastle win it. You mentioned injury concerns. Obviously, Jamal Lasalle will be uh, missing. It turns out he's been playing through the pain barrier. I mean, first of all, what does that say about his character? And second of all, what does it say about what Rafa thinks about the other options that he's got to work with? Well, I think there's probably two, three, four of them that have been playing through the pain barrier. But for Lascelles, I think he wanted to be the man who led them over the line. He has been criticised quite a lot mm. uh, in the last few games. I think he got a little bit bullied at Ipswich by McGoldrick. But now it's emerged that he had a bit of an injury. Maybe that's the reason why. It just you know, shows up what a great... Uh, crop of players that Rafa Benitez put together he gave him the armband start of the season mm. a lot of people wondered about that one mm. a few people questioned it but the reason he gave him it was because you know he felt that uh, he was the type of guy who was going to go in the dressing room and not be afraid to speak his mind and I think that's been a, a very key thing uh, throughout the season Yeah, it's, it's interesting isn't it because I think we kind of go back to this thing of like social media has changed the way that we kind of like react to a lot of things and I think that a lot of people were very critical especially on social media of Jamal ourselves over the last few weeks and I think there's a tendency sometimes to kind of jump on these players quite quickly I mean look, you know look he's not perfect Jamal ourselves he'll make mistakes because he is still kind of learning as a player but I think we've got to kind of change the mentality a little bit for the next few years at Newcastle United you know look we asked for a team that tries you know a club that tries to win rather than a team that always wins and 
you know, guys like the Cells are, you know, going to be going to be that kind of player. You know, Newcastle aren't going to be signing. You know, I, I saw it. I saw it when we've written stories in the last few weeks about you know stories like Shawcross, Gray. You know, these kind of players, Andre Gray, Ryan Shawcross, and people saying, oh, these aren't, aren't good enough. No, you know, you've got to have a bit of faith in Rafa Benitez and what he's trying to do at Newcastle United. He, nothing that he's done so far at Newcastle United hasn't come off. Um, everything that he's tried to do. People were talking, I think we saw something over the weekend, there's this debate about whether Daryl Murphy being a failure is a, is a signing. But are you serious? You know, Daryl Murphy has been, just for what he represented, has been a great success. And he scored goals as well. And I think, you know, the Lascelles thing, it, it, I think it was quite good in a way that, that, that we did find out that he had the injury because... And it was kept pretty much so. He wasn't looking for excuses for why he hadn't played well. He has had some games where his concentration's dropped and stuff. But, um, but you know, it's the character of the man, isn't it, really? And, and I think he's going to be an addition in the Premier League. I've seen people saying, oh, we've got three or four players who can play Premier League. Everybody else is championship standard. I mean, come on. This, this, needs, to, this needs to change, I think, for, from, from a Newcastle United perspective in the summer. Because when people are talking about this team would go down, to, you know, the bottom of the league, it's... It's nonsense, really, because you know you're bringing four or five players, and, and that'll lift everybody else up. And you know, and that's how Newcastle have to build a squad. And, and it's, it's, you know, it shows you a lot about Lascelles because Colaccini was didn't play from February, did he last season? And admittedly, you know, his injury was was you know was bad as well. But you know, for Lascelles to play through the pain, for Newcastle to manage that injury says a lot about how this season has gone. You know, and and, and I understand people saying, well, why don't you play Hanley? Why don't you play Mbembe? Yeah, but if Rafa Benitez doesn't believe that they're as good as the Cells, then there's a reason for them. So what does that say about, about them? Is that, do you think that's why the Cells continue to play that? Yeah, well, I mean, Mbemba's come back in at the end of the season and done well, but, you know, he needed to he needed to maybe be taught a little bit of a lesson. I think Mbemba, he was, his attitude towards the end of last season was definitely that he was Premier League quality. He was good, too good for the team, I think he sometimes thought, especially in the summer, I think he thought he, was, he could leave and, and, and anybody would pick him up and... I think he's, you know, fair play to him because he's redoubled his efforts and has come out of the end of the season quite strongly now and probably would be a better player for it. You know, he's technically he's excellent. But maybe his attitude just wasn't quite right and there was a few others like that over the summer. You could see it. A few of them left, a few of them stayed and, and kind of worked, you know, worked well. Um, Hanley's a good player, but, you know, when they were missing Clark, he came in. You know, he's the captain of the cells, isn't he? And Rafa's seen something in him that, um, that, made, that meant he wanted to keep him keep him playing and, and you know I, I think yeah it probably says that Rafa rates him above the other two Lee do you think the defence is a priority for the summer is that something that Rafa's looking at linked to defenders yesterday what's, what's your view on that yeah I think he will go out and buy a couple of defenders in the summer there's no doubt about it uh, you know you mentioned Grant Hanley there is he going to be Premier League class it's, it's debatable mm. you know Vernon and has been playing right back all season hasn't He's not really a right back, he's a midfielder. Mm. Gamez hasn't really set the world on fire. You've got Yedlin, who's very popular. Uh, you know, part of the team at Sunderland that struggled in the season before. So I think there's a lot of areas that, that need improvement. That left back as well, our yeah. friend Paul Dummett. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's not much cover for him. I don't think Adara's going to be at the club much longer. I think Lazar may, may move if he's, unless he's guaranteed a, a long run in the first team. And then, obviously, you have to look You know, at the midfield. They're going to need improvements there. They're going to need a regular goal scorer as well. And, obviously, we're being told now that there could be a goalkeeper coming in as well, which really mixes things up. So, I think it's going to be a really exciting summer for the fans. 
obviously if Rafa gets the money that he needs uh, I think it's going to be an exciting summer in terms of transfers and you know certainly a busy one for uh, all the journalists as well That leads us nicely on to the next topic you wrote an article this morning yeah. about you know Rafa's future and how the castle need to move quickly obviously there's a bit of uh, rumour going around with West Ham and Villagers which I mean what, what's your take on that? Well if you you know West Ham are certainly one of the clubs who in the Premier League who could well be looking for a new manager within two weeks Newcastle have got to get the act together in my opinion they've got to get Raf around that table they've got to find out what he wants what he feels he needs they've got to help him a bit they've got to back him I think you know this squad is going to need a big uplift in the, in the summer as I've, as I've said a few times in columns in the last few days we're not going up there to, to mix with the Man Uniteds and the Man Cities and the Liverpools and Everton's we're actually scrapping with the Stokes, the Leicesters, the Bournemouths. It's going to be a tough season next season. I'm not saying Newcastle are going to be in a relegation scrap, but unless they get the rack together, get the right players in, I think it's going to be very tough indeed. So let's back Rafa. There's no one better out there for me to do the job. He's got some momentum. The fans love him. What's the problem? Let's just give him what he needs. Surely, Mark, you know, Mike Ashley is, is seen enough this season where he's just got to, it's going to take, what, five minutes to sit down with Rafa and go, yeah, you can have it. Yeah, I think I think what's it's just because the reason there's maybe a little bit of that uncertainty is because the, the relationship in January seemed to kind of uh, they didn't talk today in January, and I think that's been that's been the problem. And, and Rafa will probably just want to know want to know where he stands. You know, there's this kind of thing of you know Graham Carr's obviously still there. I mean, you know, he was previously very very powerful. His influence has diminished. That needs to be sorted out. It's not just necessarily about budget. It's about Rafa kind of getting an idea of you know what, what happened in January. Why you know do I have the the final say? And I mean I think you know like Lee said it should be five minute job really shouldn't it? It should be right. Okay, you get thirty million from Suzuki, you get all the money from the Premier League. Let's let's go you know and you get the final say on the transfers. That has to be the way. But we know that Mike Ashley's you know he's he's got a he won't Mike Ashley won't want Rafa Benitez to kind of feel that um, he's you know he's got complete free reign because he'll want he'll want to kind of retain some of the control over things because Rafa you know we like all football you know no football manager gets a complete free reign um, but I mean for Newcastle it's, it's just disastrous for Newcastle if, if Rafa walks away it'd be disastrous for Mike Ashley because who do you get in who do you get in there is nobody else and um, I, I think he'll be sorted but I think you know Mike Ashley has to kind of do what he did last summer which is basically look what Rafa wants, Rafa gets, and I think that has to be the, that has to be the, the mantra again going into it. Because I don't think Rafa's going to ask for four hundred million. I don't think he's asked for two hundred million. I think he's going to be realistic about what he can get and what he needs. There's been a lot of questions on Twitter. Do we know when this this meeting is between the two? Do we have an idea? Will it be within the next few days, or will it be after Barnsley game? Have we got any ideas? It's going to be pretty soon. We don't know if the owner's going to be at the game against Barnsley yet. There's, there's chance he might be normally yeah. turns up in the last game of the Just, season yeah. so I would expect him possibly to to at least have a, if he is there he will go down How are you doing there? It is David from the David McWilliams podcast and this is a Staycast from Acast We're all following the government's advice right now we're staying in it's a little bit cocooning but it's all working So while you're staying at home, here's a recommendation of another great podcast. It's the Blind Boy podcast. He's an old mate. He's a great skin. He has extraordinarily interesting views of the world. Check it out. 
down to the dressing room area and have a chat with Rafa. Maybe it's a, you know an opening conversation. But I think they will sit down at the Shire Rook uh, Sports Direct HQ, have a conversation, and, and get it all you know pretty much ticked off pretty early. I would I would say it'll happen next week. Hmm. Yeah, I would have thought next week as well. It'd be interesting to see whether whether Ashley is there on the final day because he, he kind of. I think that atmosphere on the final day last season actually did a lot to sort of convince everybody that this was the right way forward. And I think a similar atmosphere on the final day this season gives you the the reason why Rafa should stay and the reason why Mike Ashley has to back him. I mean, you know, all the messages that we've heard from Mike Ashley or the people around Mike Ashley for, for the last four years have been, I don't want to have any day-to-day involvement in this club. I want somebody to sort it out and run it for me. Well... Mike, well, Rafa Benitez seems to be, you know, would be the man. You know, they made a profit in the last transfer window. They'll, they'll have to spend this summer, but I bet there'll be players going. You know, there'll, there'll be players going. He will make, they will make some money from from the squad that they've got now, um, and then move it into the summer. So there's a business plan there as well. It's not Rafa's not doing a Harry Redknapp and just asking for money. And you know, I think he will have a business plan, and that's what gives me a bit of optimism for the meeting. Is that, you know, we've had, I think we all talk about what happened with Kevin Keegan and there was this kind of like you know the, the, the what was leaked out of what Kevin Keegan wanted was this kind of like oh he was unrealistic which was I don't think he was but that was the message that came from the Ashley board Rafa's kind of pragmatic you know we all know that I can go in with a business plan and I can prove that we can you know we can go and and, and, and make some money out of this squad and actually reinvest some of that money as well so I think he'll be alright you know but you never know with Mike Ashley that's the problem and Leeds fight them important that they do get it done as soon as possible because you've got things like sponsorship and then pre-season obviously transfer targets so I mean just how important is it that it does get done dusted and then they can move on to, to prepare for next season yeah the sooner the better really because you know we all everyone always thinks don't they in the, in the football business that then the season oh you've got a good two or three months off it never works like that within you know as journalists we know that it's short and sweet the summer break and the football business soon picks up it will be probably quite quiet at the end of May but then all of a sudden it just really kicks into gear and I think Rafa will want to get his players signed and sealed before the first day of pre-season he won't want it dragging into that he won't want to be focusing on the pre-season training camp and trying to get players in that was a big problem for McLaren. It's been a problem for managers in the past. You want it. You want the key players in the door uh, for the first day of pre-season training, and hopefully you can get them. And that will be a big factor in next season, whether Newcastle succeed or not. Is they it did it quickly last, last summer. Didn't they? That was yeah. that was that. What everybody forgets that now. But they they had all the key players in before the start of the season. And Rafa's the kind of man that will have it all planned. Will he already have targets in mind the pre-season two hour in mind? He knows where he wants to go kind of thing. Is that how he works? Yeah, I think, to be honest, I think his view is that they don't want to have a long-haul pre-season. Now, whether that gets taken off his hands or not remains to be seen because obviously with long-haul tours, USA, China, wherever, a lot of money's involved and the club can't turn that down, so therefore the manager's hand gets forced and he probably accepts that. Ideally, you want a European training camp, you know, maybe Spain, maybe France, Belgium, Switzerland, places like that, where you get everyone together, keep everyone focused, and then obviously you go into your, your pre-season games. I think they've got a few ideas where, where they want to go. 
type of opposition they need to play to get ready for the Premier League season. I think it'd be a bit different to last year. I think last year was obviously a short hop to Ireland and then played a lot of football league teams to get them ready for AFL, yeah. which they needed it. That Doncaster game, I remember, they were 2 0 down and it was a bit of a wake up call for a lot of them players that there was going to be some hard tackles coming in in the, in the football league. Now they need to get ready for you know Premier League action, slick, quicker passing, attacking football. How they're going to cope with that? So Rafa will model the pre-season program around uh, Premier League opponents. Yeah. So we're all confident though. And what, what, what's your good good instinct telling you that everything will be sorted and Rafa will be here in charge for the <laughs> beginning of next season? <laughs> the problem is if you if you if you completely say 100 percent will be, you know it, it, that the problem is if we all knew. Exactly what Mike Astley was thinking, then I'd be happy to sort of sit and say, Rafa wants to stay, he doesn't want to go. You know, I don't think there's any feeling from Rafa that he, he wants to walk away, he feels like it's job done. I don't think he does, but you know, Mike Ashley has to then come up with the goods, doesn't he? Because if Mike Ashley says, puts the same constra- constraints on Rafa that Steve McLaren had and that Alan Pardew had, then Rafa's not going to want to stay around for that because that's not the job. You know, Rafa could go and get a better job. So I'm confident, you know, I've kind of felt like the, the mood music has shifted a little bit since January when we were all, you know, we, we all felt like there was some real big reckoning waiting. I think this is more of a, you know, this is more of a kind of like, it could be a bit more straightforward. It's good that Mike Ashley actually spoke to Rafa last week. That was the first time for a while. Um, I don't know whether these are people, I don't, I don't really know what goes through Mike Ashley's head, why he hasn't been in contact a little bit more anyway. I know he's the owner and, you know, Lee Charlie's the man who, who does things anyway, but, you know, if, if I if I had Rafa Benitez working for me and I was a football manager and I'd seen how well things were going, I'd want to be, I'd want to make him feel like he was welcome at the football club. Mike actually different, isn't he? He didn't he didn't have any contact with Alan Pardew really. He didn't have much contact with McLaren. He's happy for other people to run the club until January, and that's that's what's sort of strange about it. But um, but yeah, I, I'm confident that he'll stay. I can't, I can't see Mike actually agreeing to meet him if he does if he's going to then turn around and say I don't want you here anymore. That would be a big surprise, you know. I mean, let's look at the alternative here. In a, let's put another scenario into it. Rafa doesn't stay. Who who's going to come in now? Who's going to be as popular as Rafa? Who's going to lead Newcastle to a good, solid hmm. mid-table or top eight finish? Who's going to do that? There's, there's no one out there. I mean, there's the, the problem last year. The same thing came up when there was a bit of uncertainty about Rafa's future. Different names got banned mm. about it. I believe David Moyes was one of them. Yeah. Um, you know, people like Steve Bruce, Nigel Pearson. You know, they're not, they're not on this, the same le- league as uh, as Rafa. So it's a quite a scary prospect, really. So Newcastle, for me, have got Rafa in a position now where they can do things for him. He's theirs to lose. They've got to make sure he stays. Mm. Yeah, I think what's that is that is the point, isn't it? There is nobody out there who's going to want the job who is as good as Rafa and that is the top and bottom of it and and the worry for Newcastle if, they, if, if he walked out would be who would who would then come in who you know they'd have to then sort out their own targets or do you go back to Graham Carr picking the team picking the targets and stuff it would just be so much uncertainty and so much instability and for Mike Ashley you've got to say well he's had to put his hand in his pocket to fund a relegation now well does he want to risk that again you know, what's the cost of keeping Rafa and then what's the cost of relegation? Well, you know, the two things that, you know, non, non um, you know, they, they just don't stack. It doesn't stack up for, 
for Mike Ashley to make it difficult for for Rafa, and um, you know that that's the that's the top and bottom of it. But I think, I mean, what you got to remember is Rafa is is that he will come into the Premier League next season, and he will want to beat the likes of Guardiola, the likes of Klopp, the mm-hmm. likes of Conte, and he's got the technical and tactical nous to do that. And you've just got to give him the, the money and the tools to do it. With Rafa at St James Park, Newcastle can't beat anybody on the day with the atmosphere. You know what it's like. It's going to be tough, but they can get big results next season. I did mention the other teams before who they're going to be scrapping with. Mm. That's the reality of it. But there's a few bonus wins in there as well. And I think Rafa, if anyone's going to be able to, to beat these, you know, world class managers is Rafa because mm. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't feel confident with a Nigel Pearson no, or something like that. And as much as he's a good guy and all that. Following Rafa Benitez is a hard act. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, you saw it, didn't you, when McLaren was in charge, when Pardew was in charge, especially when McLaren was in charge. The Newcastle just couldn't get a foothold against any of these big teams. You know, they, all right, they drew with Chelsea at home when Chelsea were in probably the worst form yeah. of the last 10 years. They got a draw in that game and we all celebrated. Then they went to Man City, lost 6-1. You know, they couldn't compete with these teams because they didn't have... A tactical plan, and that's not to say McLaren was clueless. He just didn't, he couldn't take the team in the same way that Rafa could do it. Last season, the end of last season, Rafa got a draw at Liverpool, got a draw against Man City. You know, those were the results that you look at and you think, well, if you could replicate that, then Newcastle could be all right in the Premier League. Of course, then you know they didn't beat Villa. They didn't, you know, they they they, they, they weren't perfect under Rafa last season. But you know, there's something to build there, isn't there? And it, and it will be a different Newcastle going into the Premier League next year. It will be a different Newcastle going into Premier League. And Lee, you mentioned there, the, obviously, the atmosphere, the, the, the skills that Rafa has. Is there a fear that, like Mark says, when Mike Ashley isn't there day in, day out, that Mike Ashley doesn't actually see all that and he might not realise just how good he has actually got it? Well, I think with Mike Ashley, is he's a, he's a businessman. He's got other interests, Sports Direct being one of them, a lot of other different chains as well. And Lee Charney is basically the day-to-day boss of Newcastle United he's he's the guy who makes all the departments tick and has a, a better understanding of what's going on there I think as far as Mike Ashley and Rafa's relationship is concerned Rafa's just been left to get on with the football side of it really and I don't think he wanted a big uh, confrontation in January because things were going quite well for Newcastle at that point there was no point Rafa upsetting the apple cart then he said what he had to say uh, the day after the window yeah. was shut, uh, they do with QPR, didn't they? And there was a few, uh, a bit of a, a few, a few little words said, yeah. wasn't there? Yeah. Nothing too good. It was very diplomatic, mm. very uh, professional. Uh, and now this is where those questions might have to be answered. Uh, for me, I, I think it'd be great if Rafa could go in there, you know, with the championship trophy in some ways and just put it down and say, look, I've done the job, I've done it in style. Let, let's move this club on to, to where it should be and and I, to be honest I think Mike Ashley we don't know we've never sat down in a room with him but I don't think he's ever come out and said he's an expert in football no it's mm. people around him who advise him so yeah I think the sooner he gets in the room with Rafa the better fantastic and just finally then predictions for Sunday Mark what score are you going to go for? I think Newcastle win 2-0 uh, easy, easy win on on Sunday. I think. I think Newcastle uh, will do what they need to do, and it'll be comfortable. And Lee, I'm going to go for a bit of a, a bigger scoreline. Why not? It's the last day of the season. I think maybe four 0 or four one. I think 
the way Rafa had them revved up last season against Tottenham. Yeah. It, you know, there's nothing to lose now, guys. Go out there, get your foot on the gas. There's no pressure at all. Just go out and enjoy the day and get a few goals. And I think he might just drop a few players in there who've got a point to prove. And he'll say to them, there's your stage, mm. you've asked for the chance, I'm going to give you it, go out and show me. And I think there'll be a few uh, surprises in the team on Sunday. And will Newcastle win the league? Uh, well, I think, I don't know, I mean, I think Brighton will struggle at Villa, but I think they'll probably get, they'll probably win. So I think Villa's, you know, Villa are just so poor. Um, so maybe not. I, I, it'd be an exciting day on Saturday anyway. I know I've spoken to a few club staff who seem to be kind of saying it's you know that there's been a bit of feeling of tension over the last few weeks and I think Sunday will give everybody an opportunity to kind of enjoy it the first time they've enjoyed a home match for since the start of the season because there's been so much tension pretty much since Bristol City hasn't there that was the first well no actually before then really Derby was a tense one wasn't it it's been a few tense sort of afternoons at, at, at St James Park and Sunday won't be which will be good will they win the league I don't think they will because I think Brighton's task is is easier in a way because Villa are so mm. feeble. Uh, I think really, as far as Newcastle are concerned, they'll just look to win against Barnsley. I, I hope they prove me wrong and Brighton do slip up, I think, or maybe draw, maybe. But let's just look forward to the day. Newcastle getting a good win, a few goals, send the fans away happy for the summer. And then really, by the time we come back in August, I don't think anyone will be running around with tinfoil replicas of the championship trophy <laughs> so yeah hopefully it's a good day fantastic well there we have it if you uh, pop over to our website chroniclelive.co.uk to keep up to date with all Newcastle United news and we'll of course be bringing you live coverage of the game on Sunday this is Acast Recommends every week we pick one of our favourite shows and this is one we think you're going to love. Hello, I'm Jeff Lloyd, and I recently had a baby with Ed Miliband. A baby podcast, that is. It's a spin-off of our show, Reasons to be Cheerful. It's called Cheerful Book Club, and it's conversations with some of the best writers working in the world today. You'll really enjoy our chats with people like US broadcasting legend Rachel Maddow, literary giant Ian McEwan, and the big, short and moneyball author Michael Lewis. Feed your brain with ideas from the Cheerful Book Club. You'll find us on the excellent Acast app or wherever else you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the biggest podcasts from Ireland and around the world. Subscribe to this show and hundreds more now via Acast or wherever you get your podcasts.